Like listening to podcasts just like this one from the team at Witch? Well, we've got some good news. All our podcasts are now available to listen to on YouTube and YouTube Music. So whether you like listening to Get Answers, Witch Shorts or Witch Money, all episodes can now be listened to directly on YouTube or through the YouTube Music app. To find them, just search for the podcast you'd like to listen to. YouTube's additional functionality also means that you can now read along with subtitles as you listen. Don't panic though, all which podcasts are still available to listen to elsewhere too. So wherever you listen, we'll see you soon. When life gives you questions, which get answers. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. The important thing is that the market is shifting so quickly that you really do need to have a good shop around because rates are coming and going almost day to day at the moment. Um, so what might be around and be look like a best buy today may not even be around tomorrow. In a market where fewer people are buying houses and houses are taking longer to sell, you do have negotiating power when you're looking at houses. I think the average reduction that we were seeing from asking prices was around about 6 or 7% last year. We basically taxed on turnover rather than profit. So we're in a, at the crazy situation where we're paying tax on material losses at the moment. Today, we're returning to a topic that gets more of you listening than almost any other, and that's the property market. Now, with uncertainty continuing about whether the Bank of England may cut the base rate, we'll be discussing the latest on mortgage rates, as well as what's going on with house prices. It is a bumper episode, and we'll be covering plenty of ground and advice for homeowners, renters, and landlords. And joining us in the studio for this bumper episode, I'm pleased to say it's a welcome return for which property expert, Stephen Maunder. And also joining us is David Hollingworth, a mortgage broker at the firm LNC. Hello, both. Hi, Richard. Hi, Richard. Hi. Well, to start us off then, Steve, you've been working on a big feature for the next issue of Which Money magazine for March. And in it, you summarise the key areas of the property market and where each of them are at at the moment. But first, why now? Why is now the time to do it? I think it's a really interesting time for the property market at the moment. Um, Obviously, we've come out of COVID now, it's quite a long time ago. Uh, We're coming up towards another general election. And at the moment, I think what we found, what the kind of brief for this piece was, was essentially why the property market isn't working for anyone. So there really just is a feeling at the moment that regardless of where we kind of put the blame game, Mm. renters are unhappy with higher costs, locked out of home ownership by high mortgage rates. Second steppers can't move into bigger homes as their families grow. Mm. Downsizers are being taxed, um, huge amounts of stamp duty if they want to move into a smaller home Mm. and landlords are leaving the market. So what I really wanted to do is kind of take a look at the state of where we're at now and how we got here Mm. at a time when really everyone seems so dissatisfied. Oh, what a bleak beginning. <laughs> we, will, we will cover some more hopeful ground, I promise. Um, and David, with all of this going on right now, what kind of impact do you think it's having on people from all of your experience um, at LNC? And also for any of our listeners not familiar with LNC itself, I actually did use it a few years ago myself. Can you give us a little insight? Sure. Well, I, I, LNC is essentially a mortgage advisor. So what mm-hmm. we're looking to do is um, give people advice tailored to their circumstances and take some of the pain of shopping around 
what's been a very volatile market uh, mm. to find people the best deal for them. So taking into account not just rates, but but all the fees that can be attached. Um, we don't charge a fee for that advice. Um, all lenders pay brokers um, a fee for introducing business. We don't charge any fee in addition to that. So hopefully what we're doing is giving lots of people easy access to whole market mortgage advice. And that advice probably never been needed more at the moment. In my time, which is over 20 years in the market, I would say that the last couple of years has brought more volatility than we've seen throughout that period. Uh, and what that means for borrowers is that they're coming from a, a period of ultra low interest rates and having to readjust really very, very rapidly to a higher rate environment, one which they've just frankly not been used to, um, mm -hmm. even though interest rates in historic terms are not even radically that high. Mm. But the pace of change has been so big that it's brought all that kind of perturbation that um, that Steve alludes to for all sorts of areas of the property market. Yeah, I mean, historically, perhaps not so high, but for many of us, myself included, they feel so high compared to what I've been used to um, in my kind of mortgage lifetime. And, you know, from my personal experience and speaking to friends, it really is heart-wrenching how much extra a month mortgage rates have gone up for people. And I really do want to get deep into that in a moment. But first, can we talk about property prices? We know historically they've risen by a huge amount. How much are we talking? And what about looking back over the last year? Well, yes, you're, you're right that they have risen by a huge amount. Um, as part of my recent research over the last decade, I found that they rose by 64%, mm. uh, which is a huge amount. Uh, wage growth went up by around about 40 or 45 at mm. the same time. So that gap's getting bigger and bigger. Now, in the last year, um, as you probably know, we've seen a bit of a stagnant market, houses taking longer to sell, um, sellers having to cut their asking prices. Mm. And the general kind of discourse is that prices dropped slightly last year. So the land registry shows, you know, maybe one or 2% drop. A lot of the indices um, from people like Rightmove and the banks suggest similarly. Obviously, it varies from area to area, but at the start of a new year, what we have found is the mood music has been a little bit different. So towards the end of last year, a lot of the kind of the property predictions we have coming in were suggesting, you know, we could see two, three, four, five percent drops again this year. But it seems now that the revisions are going a bit more towards flat house prices. Mm -hmm. And for anyone trying to get on the property ladder, can we touch on some of the schemes for first time buyers? You know, what kind of help is available right now? Help to buy is obviously the most famous of the first time buyer schemes over the last decade. That's now closed. There have been some kind of replacements to that. So a couple of years ago, the government launched the first home scheme, um, which was designed to offer first-time buyers a discount of up to 30% on new homes. Um, it's been a little bit of a damp squib so far. There were around about 1,000 completions last year. That's not a lot. No, which when you think help to buy was clearing kind of 30, 40, 50,000 in the biggest years mm. of um, completions in the year. Yeah, well, there you have it, <laughs> yes. Um Obviously, there are lots of pros and cons with that scheme, but it doesn't feel like that's been replaced fully at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, we have seen after COVID, uh, mortgage guarantee being brought in. That doesn't directly affect borrowers, but that was designed to encourage lenders to offer 95% mortgages mm -hmm. again. But ultimately, I think what with the political climate the way it is now and an election possibly later this year, it wouldn't be a massive surprise if 
some kind of new scheme mm. arose, rose from the ashes with a lot of great expectations. There is one scheme that's still around, which is sort of stepping back a little bit, but the lifetime ISA um, mm. is a useful scheme for first-time buyers who are battling with raising deposit funds because it does just give a little bit of an injection from the government to, to boost those savings. For anyone not familiar with the Lifetime ISA, would you mind just giving us a quick intro to how it works for, for buying uh, your first place? So essentially, you will get a government bonus um, of 25% on top of what you're putting in. Um, so that has been really helpful, I think. When mm. prices have been rising rapidly, first-time buyers, understandably, have felt like prices are just rising quicker than they can save. Now, we might be in a flatter period for now, but nonetheless, building that bigger deposit will help. So that government bonus can be really helpful, but you do need to just look out for the eligibility. For example, you can't, if you're planning to buy within the next year, um, you would have to wait a year before you get that bonus. And there are penalties if you need to pull that money back out, and mm. it's not for buying your first home or for retirement purposes. Thanks, David. So definitely well worth looking into uh, the Lifetime ISA if you are looking to buy or indeed uh, save your pension. Uh, that's another option, but we'll stick to, to buying today. Um, and now back to mortgages then, David. Um, what's the latest on rates, please? I would love to hear you say that they're dropping. They have been dropping, but there's a but. Um, so we've seen quite substantial cuts, actually. So it's been something of a roller coaster over the course of the last year. Um, as we emerged from the mini budget, rates started to ease back, only to then rise again um, with stubborn inflation uh, causing the markets to fear base rate would have to rise even further than it already has. Those fears have kind of eased now. And so what we saw just before Christmas and into the new year were rates actually falling and continuing to come down. Um, so rates are looking rather better than they were. Five-year fixed rates dipping below 4% and two-year rates um, currently sitting anywhere below 4.5% um, and on occasion have got even a bit closer to uh, 4.25%. Um, so those fixed rates, although still looking a lot better, um, the sub-4% five-year deals are looking really rather thin on the ground now. And although I don't think we're going to get the major spike up in rates that we saw in recent years, we may just see a little bit of bobbling around on rates now. So there's no guarantee that they were continuing to keep coming down. They definitely don't seem to be coming down as quickly as I hoped they would be, as kind of we hoped they would be in, in conversations we've had on the podcast in recent months. Are there any providers kind of leading the way with, with the best rates at the moment? Well, the best rates are available to those with the biggest amount of equity or largest mm -hmm. deposits. So still those keenest rates are often targeted at those uh, with as much as 40% equity. The big banks have been dominating in that area, um, although you might see more activity from building societies at the higher LTV side, so for those with smaller deposits. The important thing is that the market is shifting so quickly that you really do need to have a good shop around because rates are coming and going almost day to day at the moment. Um, so what might be around and be look like a best buy today may not even be around tomorrow. 
Oh, it really is a tricky thing, isn't it? You know, knowing when to strike. Um, it's something I've uh, had myself when I've been coming to remortgage. And speaking of remortgaging, if you're coming to the end of your mortgage deal, I've got a stat here from the Financial Conduct Authority that says 1.5 million homeowners will come to the end of a fixed rate mortgage uh, during 2024. So if that's you, what should you do? You know, could it be worth holding on to the last minute? And, you know, I suppose my question is really, and we've kind of touched on this already, if or when uh, you think the base rate will go down this year? I, well, I can start. I, I think it will go down, but probably, as David mentioned, not as soon as we perhaps initially hoped. I think if you asked me the end of last year, I was thinking kind of, you know, April, May, it might go down, but it mm. may end up being another five, six, seven months. Mm. The mood music at the moment from the Monetary Policy Committee is not as promising as we'd hope around that. Um, I think with inflation stagnating now, having risen slightly unexpectedly a couple of months ago, of the nine strong monetary policy committee, only one voted um, at the start of this month to drop the rate. So six voted in favour of keeping it the same, two in favour of rising it again, and only one to reduce it. So this could be a bit of a journey where it's not it doesn't progress as quickly as we hope. And David will be able to explain this in more detail. But I think when you talk about striking at the right time, I think one of the really key things is the fact you can shop around early if you're coming to remortgage. Mm-hmm. And um, if you do go with a broker, they can do a rate check for you during the process. So if, say, if you locked in a deal six months before you're coming up to remortgage mm-hmm. and better deals come, they can move you on to them. Mm-hmm. I've seen loads of that. When rates were coming down, um, people were still wanting to secure a deal. So you can do that up to six months before the end of the deal. Most lender offers are valid for up to six months. So therefore, you could start that early. That then means that you've got a rate in the bag. But actually, if rates were to come down further, um, then you can, as Steve says, shop around and move on to one of those lower rates. And that's been happening a lot. Um, recently. Could we give tracker mortgages a mention here? Um, You know, if anyone listening is thinking, perhaps I should hold off if we think that rates are going to go down, could a tracker mortgage be right for the time being? What do you think about that? Yeah, we've seen trackers um, come in and out of vogue a little bit more. Mm. I mean, in the last 10 to 15 years, they've, they've almost been, you know, no one's taken them. But actually, as now we're in a higher rate environment, we've got much more opportunity for base rate to come back down. And therefore, I think trackers will start to play a bigger part. Mm. Where people have used them is more as a holding position. So rather yeah. than go on standard variable rate, um, a tracker, which can often be found without any early repayment charges, so you wouldn't be penalised if you wanted to jump out of that, they've been using them as a, a way of just reducing the rate but also not locking in immediately because they were hoping that fixed rates would have further to fall. As we get into a cycle of interest rates coming back down, which Steve says I think will happen this year, it's just a case of when, then I think more borrowers will consider whether actually a variable rate and following the base rate back down may be suitable for them. Um, You've just got to have enough spare capacity to deal with um, any ups and downs. So if, mm. if the predictions are not correct and rates start to climb again, have you got enough ability to deal with higher payments? 
Absolutely. If you need the security of knowing what's going to be coming out of your uh, your paycheck every month, then um, a fixed a fixed rate does seem to be the one. But so much useful information there. Now, after a super quick break, we'll be back with more, including what's happening in the rental market and how renters and landlords are being affected. Want to stay ahead of fraudsters and across the latest scams? At which we helped prevent an estimated £1.8 million in scam losses last year thanks to our Scam Alert newsletter. And each week we provide more information on the latest scam activity, helping protect you, your family and your friends. Stay in the know and avoid falling victim to scammers by joining over 450,000 people already signed up to our free Witch Scam Alerts. To join them, head to witch.co.uk slash scam alert and sign up today. Now, Steve, to start us off here, are you up for sharing a little bit about your personal situation at the moment? Because uh, going back to the article that's coming uh, in Which Money uh, March, I thought it was a really nice touch when I saw that there's a photo of you and your partner in the article, who, who I know very well. And, you know, you're in your position, you're renting, you're thinking about buying. Can you tell us a bit more? Because I'm sure it will resonate with many of our listeners. Yeah, sure. So, yes, um, me and my partner are looking to buy a house at the moment, but I it's, things are so different because I think over the last eight or nine years that I've been doing this at, this job at Witch, um, the amount of friends and family I've helped with things like, um, you know, should I get what mortgage should I get? Should I get a house survey? It's like, mm-hmm. Things like that. I didn't think it would actually be this tricky when I came to be in the situation myself. And I think it's because largely for those kind of seven, eight, nine years, the, the big barrier has always been prices are rising too quickly. How do we get a big enough deposit? But I think now that everything's changed in the sense that rates really are the biggest issue now. So in our specific situation, so um, looking at the amount you can borrow, so uh, most lenders will allow you up to borrow borrow up to four and a half times your household income. Mm-hmm. Some will allow five um, on specific first-time buyer deals. But we could theoretically borrow enough money to buy the kind of house we want. Mm-hmm. But with rates being at 4% plus, mm-hmm. the repayments would be, absolutely humongous like we couldn't possibly service them so what that means now is um whereas once you had rates very low deposits needed very high now you've got maybe the deposit you need is not going up by the same amount but the actual cost of servicing the mortgage will be much much higher so what that means is um either we're gonna have to wait until the rates go down a little bit or I might not be able to have anywhere for a barbecue. Uh, <laughs> there, there may be no outside space. Well, I took that sacrifice <laughs> and I'm regretting it actually, but yeah. you know, that's, another, that's another story. Um, and what kind of role does rent play in all of this? You know, Can we talk a little bit about what's going on in the rental market? Prices are, of course, going up. By how much? Well, yes, uh, it's pretty unanimous that rent prices have been going up in the last um, year or two, but by how much is a source of a little bit of debate. So... The official ONS statistics show rents increased by about 6% last year. Um, some estate agency data, for example, Hamptons puts out a really interesting um, index every month on regional rent prices, show that in some areas rents have gone up by as much as 10% in a year. This is a really sort of tricky topic because uh, it turns into a blame game in a very big way. Mm. So, you know, renters blame the landlords, landlords mm. blame, you know, the tenants, etc. But the truth is, this is a systemic issue. Um, Over the last six, seven, eight years, 
quite simply, landlords have been hit by so many taxation changes, so many legislative changes that ultimately, I think seven, eight years in a row, we've seen more landlords sell properties than we have buy them. And this has squeezed the rented sector to be Mm. so much smaller than it was. And ultimately, those lack of properties are now feeding into higher prices. And it really is an unpleasant situation if you're a cash-strapped renter, Mm. uh, as much as it is if you're a landlord who is selling up because buy-to-let just doesn't work for you as a as a profession anymore. Well, shall we talk a little bit about some of this legislation then? Because we've mentioned before on the show the Renters' Reform Bill. Can you explain what it's all about in a nutshell, if that's possible, and will it actually be beneficial to renters? The Renters' Reform Bill's kind of a wide-ranging suite of reforms to the private rented sector. It is one of the biggest shakeups we've seen in a long time. And this... I think the key thing to say is this probably isn't going to increase affordability for renters ultimately, but this it is hoped will improve standards across the rented sector. So things like enshrining in law how often rent reviews and rent rises can be put in place by landlords, things like allowing tenants to have pets, things like bringing in um, the decent home standard, which applies in... Um, socially rented houses at the moment is going to be moved into the private sector as well and the hope is that this will improve conditions for tenants the big question mark remaining over this is that since 2017 2018 the government has been really pushing this idea that it was going to put a block on no fault evictions and this was the central pillar of the rented reform bill but it's now essentially being delayed because they've they've realised they're going to have to change an entire legal system to do it. Mm. So it may be that the biggest headline changes don't come that quickly, and it may only be that we see the more marginal changes coming over the next year or so. And what about for landlords then? You know, so I've got here that data from the HMRC um, shows the number of landlords has fallen, as we've talked about. Can we go into a bit more detail about some of the things you've mentioned already? I think it's something like 400,000 fewer homes in the renter sector than there were in 2016. And largely, this was spurred by changes to uh, tax relief on mortgages. So before then, landlords could offset the interest they pay on their mortgage when filing their tax returns. But over a period of four years, uh, 2016 to 2020, a change was phased in whereby now landlords can only offset 20%. Mm-hmm. And this has had a huge impact mm-hmm. on the market, specifically to landlords who are higher rate taxpayers. And what this has meant is there's been a mass sell-off over many years. And ultimately, while that is the biggest probably single factor, um, there's been a, a huge degree of change, a huge number of changes, a huge number of proposals, U-turns, etc. So we had things like the um, additional rate of stamp duty being brought in, which made it more expensive for landlords to buy Mm -hmm. um, investment properties. But more recently, we've had massive government new changes over energy efficiency. Landlords were spending money to bring properties up to certain standards Mm -hmm. to meet government targets, and then the government scrapped them. We've had five Mm -hmm. years of Section 21 for... um, no fault evictions supposedly being about to be abolished and we now know don't know when that's going to happen and ultimately for landlords who only have one or two properties or what we might call accidental landlords 
the professionalization and the increase in administration and logistics for landlords has just made it so difficult for those people to operate. Well, let's hear from a landlord now, shall we? Here's Dave Sanders. He's been doing it for 35 years. And he told us how he thinks landlords are being negatively impacted by the government's policy decisions. I would say horrendously. Um, Being a portfolio landlord, I'm counted as a professional landlord. Um, The biggest thing to hit us was what's known as Clause 24 uh, interest relief restriction, which came in in 2016. However, because interest rates have been so low for so many years, uh, it hasn't really affected us. But in the last year, um, we're basically taxed on turnover rather than uh, um, profit. So we can't offset our mortgage interest, which is the biggest cost to most landlords, um, against our our profits. So we're in the the crazy situation where we're paying um, tax on material losses at the moment. Because so many amateur uh, landlords are bailing out and selling up, uh, I think 85% of uh, private landlords own one or two properties. So there's only 15% of us who are counted as professional landlords. And they're they're, they're selling up because um, they're realising there's this big tax hike and it's no longer viable for them to own a a buy-to-let property. So it's a supply and demand issue whereby you've got even less property Uh, So rents are being forced up uh, in addition to the extra tax having to be paid for. Well, to finish then, some hopeful, positive advice, uh, whether you're a renter, uh, a renter looking to buy, a homeowner, what might the next few months have in store for you? Oh, wow. Um, Every time I gaze into my crystal ball, um, someone then points out six months or a year later that I was completely wrong. So um, (laughs) let's make sure we take this offline. We'll have a recording of that so so. we can do that. (laughs) Let's take it one at a time. If you're a renter looking to buy, um, ultimately, as David said, rates are lower than they were when they peaked last summer. They were much higher than they are now. So although we might not see huge downward pressure over the next six months, over the next year, ultimately, if you shop around, if you take expert advice, then you may still be able to find a way onto the ladder. Like This isn't like a, it is impossible to buy a home. It's just... You really need to make sure you do your research mm. and make sure you find the right deal for you. Um, and also the, the key thing I would say that we haven't touched upon here is that in a market where fewer people are buying houses and houses are taking longer to sell, you do have negotiating power when you're looking at houses. Um, I think the average reduction that we were seeing from asking prices was around about 6 or 7% last year. Mm. So in a slower market, it might cost you more to borrow. It might be more expensive to service your mortgage payments, but you may be able to secure a discount on the homes you're looking at. Mm-hmm. If you are a homeowner looking to step up the ladder, um, this is really challenging at mm-hmm. the moment. And I think we're seeing gaps from average gap from a semi-detached to a detached house, something like £170,000 at mm-hmm. the moment, um, which is very, very difficult to raise in the current climate um, in terms of a mortgage. But What I would say from speaking to people in this situation is um, lots of people are instead looking to stay put and add value to their homes. And in some instances, that can be really useful. Um, There's even mortgage um, cases whereby some lenders will actually, if you make energy efficient changes to your home, they will give you additional borrowing for a lower rate or sometimes even at 0%. So Move or improve is going to be a big topic this year. It may be harder to move. You may be more tempted to improve. But I think um, at the moment, my main advice would be 
don't get carried away by headlines about, you know, um, right booth says prices are up 2%. Could there be a house price uh, boom now? Or mm. land registry says they're down 1%. Is the market dying? Mm. Because in all honesty, all honesty, there isn't really a great deal happening when it comes to house prices mm. at the moment. And it is also regionally and locally based. So please don't get carried away and make huge decisions based on scary headlines. Mm. That would be my advice. And Steve, what about for renters? Is there any glimmer of hope we can add here? I think there are there are glimmers of hope. It's a really tough time to be a renter, but I do think that the Renters Reform Bill will make it easier to enforce your rights if you do have a landlord who is not behaving acceptably, who is mm. being poor in terms of contact, poor in terms of um, adequately dealing with maintenance issues, a landlord who is trying to enforce um, rent rises on you um, at times other than the breaks of contracts. I think for many renters, these changes that are upcoming won't make humongous differences. But I think for, for the renters who are in properties where they're being quite badly treated and landlords aren't adhering to their responsibilities, I think this might bring standards up quite a bit. And David, could you leave us with some advice for anyone looking to get a mortgage, perhaps anything that we might have missed today? Well, look, I think it's a whole lot more positive than it would have been just six months ago. So that's that's the good news. I, I I'm actually feel that the market will be more positive than than many had feared this year mm. um, because we are just in a much more affordable place. You do need to do your homework on mortgage rates. It's still very, very fast moving. Um, we're still seeing huge number of product changes, you know, almost pretty much unprecedented level of change. So it is chopping and changing a lot. You do therefore need to do your homework. Don't just look at rates. Always look at the fees that come with a deal because you can find that actually some of the incentives that are on offer have grown in size uh, and that can put a, another dent in the in the cost. And for those who are looking ahead and have still got the protection of a current fixed rate, but they're sort of eyeing nervously what they might have to pay in the future, just still try and make the most of that current deal. You know, if you're lucky enough to be in the 1% to 2% um, bracket at the moment, either building savings that you can reduce the mortgage when that deal comes to an end or, or even overpaying the mortgage, most deals will allow you to do that. Um, that could put you in a better position for the point when that deal does come to an end. Uh, and of course, you'll have started shopping around nice and early as we talked about earlier. So much brilliant advice today. It's been a huge, huge episode. Thank you both very much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Well, a huge thank you to Steve and David and our other guest, Dave, for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please do hit subscribe to make sure you catch our new episodes as soon as they drop. For daily money news and advice, you can find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. And we also have a free money newsletter, which is delivered to your inbox every Monday. To sign up, visit witch.co.uk forward slash money newsletter. This episode of the Witch Money Podcast was written by me, Lucia Ariano, produced by me and Rob Lilly-Jones and edited by James Rose. Moving house with kids. Mom! Moving house checklist. Top packing tips. Do it ourselves or hire movers? Hiya! <sighs> Things to do in the school holidays. 
best solo holidays. <sighs> when life gives you questions, get answers at which.co.uk.